Good day. This is Revel from sunny Southern California. And this is Cherie from rainy Washington. And you are listening to Rockin', Rockin Radio. All right. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. 7 a.m.? What's 7 a.m.? Yeah, 7 a.m. for for both of us, huh? Mm Mm-hmm. That's cool. That's cool. You don't have to break in the middle of your day. What time do you usually get up? Um, I usually get up about 5.30. Oh, good. Okay. (laughs) That's that's my time, too. I like 5, 5.30 if I can. Yeah. Yeah. I don't always stay up, but, you know, I get up about that time and... See my husband off when he goes to work, and sometimes I'll stay up, and sometimes I'll go back to sleep. Yeah, I usually stay up until maybe sometimes two. I'll take a quick nap, but I've been staying up later and late. I mean, just having a good time, staying up, getting stuff done for a change. Yeah, yeah. So for those of you who don't know, Cherie from uh, Raw Food Talk, the keeper of the forest, <laughs> is back with us again. Okay, well, I feel like I need to make an apology for to David Wolf because I misunderstood what I'd heard him say. In our in our last interview, and uh, I thought I had heard him say to not bother with fruits and vegetables and just buy superfoods, but mm-hmm. that was a, a mistake. It was basically he was saying, my understanding, I haven't listened to it again, which I should have before the show, was that he said store-bought fruits and vegetables. Okay. Okay. Uh, not you know if you can't especially if you can't get them organic and I can kind of agree with that partly because of the chemicals that are in all the store bought foods uh, but I, st- I still don't know about the superfood thing because to me they're not as alive even a dead veggie maybe I don't know but anyway it, it is an interesting thing and for those who really can't get uh, really fresh raw organic food I think it would definitely be a way to go. You mean the superfood? Yeah. In addition to their conventionally grown produce, or are you saying that they shouldn't buy the conventionally grown produce at all? I don't know. I think I would buy conventionally grown. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think raw fruits and vegetables, for me, are always more satisfying. Mm -hmm. What's what's your take on it? Well, I've always been of the mind that... um, I've always heard that organic is best. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of arguments for that, and it could be true, but I've also spoken with a couple of people who are, you know, into the raw food lifestyle, um, one of them being into, like, the natural hygiene approach, the other being fruitarian. So they pretty much thrive primarily on fruits and veggies or fruit. Um and one of those individuals told me that organic is highly overrated um, and that there's just a lot of hype surrounding it. I don't know how true it is. I'm not saying I agree or disagree. I'm just, you know, saying what was told to me by this person. And then the other person mentioned that they never, ever eat or buy organic. And this person is fruitarian, so, and that person is seems to be thriving and very, very healthy. So, you know, I always tell people that um, when it comes to the 
the whole thing of whether or not to buy organic or conventional. If you can buy organic, afford it, or, you know, obtain it, then, you know, do so as much as possible. But if not, if you're living in, like, say, for example, an urban area where organic is very, very expensive, you're on a very low budget, low income or whatever, I would say it's best to go on ahead and eat the conventionally grown. It's it's better than not eating raw foods at all. Mm-hmm. And I feel that because you're eating fresh fruits and vegetables, even though they may have the pesticides and everything in them, that your body's going to make allowances. And so if you're eating as cleanly as possible and as health, healthfully as possible, then your body's going to to clean itself and, and detoxify itself of, of the um, pesticides and anything else that may be on the conventionally grown produce. Well, I'm going to cover two things here. We did receive, and I, I've, I've mentioned it a couple times in, a, in some of the other rock and radio podcasts, that uh, we did get an email where someone asked, what do you eat as a marathon runner? And neither Alyssa nor I could answer it. So <laughs> I'm going to say here that I have... So far in my other prod, uh, broadcasts, I have interviewed two marathoners. One is Ruth Heydrich. Mm-hmm. And so if you listen to what she says or contact her. And the other one I just interviewed yesterday is Tim Van Orden, who okay. is a – he's uh, right now 37, 38 years old, just started running about two years ago, mm-hmm. is a uh, um, tower runner and marathoner. Mm-hmm. And I asked him the question, and he said for him, uh, he said from what he saw, there are n- there's no proof that nutritionally organic is better than, than others. I don't agree. I've, I've, seen, I've seen studies done where they have shown that organic is nutritionally better. But he says the main thing is the lack of pesticides and herbicides. Okay. And he's got a he's he's cute he's got a uh, and I, I should have asked him about this we did we did a lot of talking uh, on his website running raw for those of you who want to know what an athlete eats go to runningraw.com because I can't answer the questions but he can and he shows himself in the farmers market getting all organic produce and showing stuff like. Hey, the, you know, I got a head of lettuce for a dollar. You know, I got this for this. I got that for that. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, that's nice. You live in sunny Southern California. Mm-hmm. What about those who live in the Midwest or even in the Northeast? Right. But there is always food available. And I, his feeling was, too, because I asked him about the um, superfoods. And he said he used to go to like all the raw restaurants and doing the superfoods. You know, they have the elixir bars out here where you can get a a smoothie with a shot of all this uh, elixirs. Mm -hmm. And he said, you know, he said, I decided to try and go really simple and just eat raw foods, raw fruits, raw veggies. Uh, He doesn't eat much in the way of seeds and nuts. And he said, I felt so much better. Mm. And so that interview will be coming up today on my other broadcast. Um, I don't even know what it's called, rawfood.revel.com. <laughs> Just go to revel.com, you'll find it. But I, I, I'm finding this interesting, interviewing all these various people who have their various ideas. Mm-hmm. But it all comes down to eat raw food. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the more, the better. 
Right. And of course, some say go 100% immediately. And I can understand Alyssa's viewpoint on that because there are people, if they... If they don't go 100%, then they make excuses. Right. You know, oh, well, I'm not 100% so I can eat this. I'm not 100% so I can eat that or I can do this or I can do that. Totally yeah. understand that. You start to justify other things. Yep. Make allowances for other things that you probably in the beginning didn't, never intended to eat, but, you know, Yeah, that, since you're not 100%, <laughs> yeah, that mind will get you going, yeah. And if you're 100%, you can say, no, I can't eat that. I'm 100%. Mm-hmm. All right. right. I'm, I'm raw now. Um, but then he talks, Tim talked about, um, transitioning. He went through like a four month detox. Wow. Yeah. So it's, I think it's a very important interview for people to hear, especially those who are complaining about weak, being weak, uh, dizzy, crazy, and all this other stuff. Cause he talks about in depth about that detoxification he went through. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if I'd have done it. Wow. Yeah. I don't know if I had done it. That, that was intense. Hmm. And we also, um, this is something I found interesting because I was saying, well, why is it that 20-year-olds are going through heavier detox than some of us older folks? <laughs> well, And he says because point. of the chemicals we brought up on. That's, yeah, yeah. All our foods are, are chemicalized, uh, those especially who are eating meat. When I was a kid, there was no, none of that stuff in our, in our meat. Right. And yeah, I think that's that's a big part of it. And also, too, I think maybe part of it could also be that the older generation grew up in a lifetime where mom cooked food. I mean, when I say cook, you know, I mean, she she was in the kitchen and she was making real meals, food. whole yeah. food meals yeah. instead of the fast food and the microwave food and the frozen dinners and all that sort of thing that a lot of young, um, our young people are more so into nowadays. Absolutely. You know, it has to be quick. It has to be fast. It has to be easy. I don't want to be in the kitchen slaving over a hot stove all day. So, you know, I think a lot of that plays a part as well. A lot of uh, people eat a lot more processed foods nowadays than they did probably years and years ago. Sure. I, I know you're younger than I am, right? Yes, I believe so. <laughs> yeah. I'm 36, so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <You tell> okay. <laughs> That's a little bit younger. Yeah, and, and same thing for me is when I was growing up, uh, soda was not part of our food program. Not at mm-hmm. all. We would We would have soda at a celebration, like a wedding or something, and then it was one cup. Right. It wasn't a liter of soda. Yeah. That stuff yeah. is killing people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, well, when I was growing up, we had, uh, we started getting frozen stuff, frozen foods, like bird's eye. And mm-hmm. so you get the peas and the corn that we had in school. Right. You know, all these mixed, quote-unquote, vegetables that were so <laughs> lacking in nutrients. That was, that was like, uh, that that was just coming in when I was a kid. And so, wow. of course... It made life easier for everybody, so all they had to do is throw it into a bowl, a pan, heat it up, and you you got veggies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Although I knew there was something wrong with them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that's a big part of it is uh, the stuff we we ate then compared to what we eat now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think even when you were younger, um, I know from the south. Well, my understanding is from the South that most everything was was made from scratch, correct? Pretty much. I'm not from the South. A lot of my family members are, but 
my great-grandmother and my grandmother, they, you know, they cooked a lot of their food more fresh, you know, as opposed to, like I said, buying a lot of prepackaged things. I mean, they bought prepackaged things, of course, but there was just a lot more what you call home cooking mm-hmm. going on in, in, in the household. Um, now, okay. as far as in my, my home growing up with my mother, um, we did a lot of quick and easy type things, but she would, you know, sometimes make things from scratch. Um, and then when I got married and had children of my own, we, we did, we went through a period um for I would say maybe about a year where we were going through a lot of financial hardship and, you know, and this is what I I feel a lot of people end up doing and how they end up so sick is we we ended up buying whatever we could afford, you know, cheap foods, um, a pack of $1 hot dogs and and $1 buns to go with it, a a large bag of potato chips and a big 2-liter bottle of soda for 99 cents. You know, so those are the types of things that we practically lived on for a long time. Yo, Cherie. Um, Yeah. Take a break. Okay. (laughs) We'll be right back. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Hi, this is Revel. You are back with Rockin' Radio, or we are back with Rockin' Radio. So have any of those of you listening ever considered how doing something like this program can enhance your own business? If you'd like to be seen as an expert in your field, would like to create product to sell, draw people to your website who are already interested in you and what you do, or reach an international audience, creating your own podcast, internet broadcast, or web-based radio may be for you. You can do it at home as we do. If interested, Revelations in conjunction with my podcast expert will be holding four free one-hour telecast teleclasses throughout the month of October to introduce you to this cutting-edge technology that even a non-techie like me can do. For more information, please go to mypodcastexpert.com. And if you would, for more information on my seminars, play shops, and teleconferences, please go to my website, revelations.com. There you can sign up for weekly revelations, purchase my books, Revolutionize Your Life in 30 Days, a self-empowering playbook, and or smoothies and smoothies for life. Contact me to speak for your school or organization. Your purchases do help keep this program on the air. My guest um, guest ho- co-host today is Cherie, the Keeper of the Forest from rawfoodtalk.com. We were talking about the difference between lifestyles when we were growing up and how children eat now. And uh, was there something else you wanted to continue with on that uh, path, Cherie? Um, no, I was just basically, you know, giving an example of, of some of the things that you know, we realize that some families have to deal with, um, especially when we're trying to introduce people to the raw food lifestyle. That's just, you know, where a lot of people are coming from, eating those cheap foods. And, and that I guess that could kind of go into the whole thing of I see a lot of times it's brought up about how expensive, quote, unquote, it is to eat raw. And if you're coming from a lifestyle like the one I was previously describing of eating those cheaper foods, then, yeah, it's going to definitely put a dent in the pocketbook at first until you get used to it and things like that. So, 
Well, I think you have to decide what's your priority. Is it health or is it going to be something else you normally put your money into? Right. And what I found, too, is if I eat correctly, uh, between the fiber that's in the food and the nutrients in the food, I tend not to be as hungry or eat as often. I think if people really, even though they're buying all the cheap stuff, if they look at how much cheap stuff they buy mm-hmm. and add up everything they add, they get during the day, like a bag of chips here, a bag of chips there, salsa, guacamole, whatever they buy, mm-hmm. I think they'll find that what they're what they're buying raw is not going to be anywhere near as much, or it's not. It's going to probably balance out, right? And like I say, you're you've got to see what your priority is. Is it your health, and is it the health of your children and your loved ones? And you know, if you look around and and work it right, we've talked about this, I think, on before, where you can go to the grocery store and find out. Go, you know, at the end of the day, what they're going to throw out. Mm-hmm. It's still mm-hmm. good stuff. Go the if you got a farmer's market. Go at the end of the market. I was uh, we were there one evening. We got there late, and the grapes were a dollar fifty a pound. The guy lets have them for a dollar a pound. Wow! So you can do that kind of stuff if you've got a farmer's market. A lot of them even here are closing uh, within the next couple of weeks. So I know they're going to be closing in in some of the colder areas. Mm-hmm. But uh, if you look around, you can work it. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Okay, let's answer a few questions that we've uh, sort of not taken the time to do. Um, We've got somebody here, Green Feline, said, I see on the board over and over again people stressing out about whether certain items are raw, cashews, nutritional yeast, namashoyu, various other nuts, and wild rice. Um, Let me see. If a person could be 100% raw with these items, I I know I'm the wrong items, but I would like opinion. What, what do you think about those things? Personally, I don't stress about them. I don't either. Um, I think it's important to really, like I, like I always say on the forum, and I know that when a person is first going raw, they can't really do this until they've been raw for, you know, some amount of time, is that you have to start listening, tuning into and listening to your own body. I've seen some people who, like, okay, myself, I'll eat the cashews from the co-op, the food co-op or the natural food store that may or may not be truly raw. I don't really know for sure. I've, I've not talked to anyone who's, who's actually done the enzyme testing to say whether or not the heating process where they heat the shell to get the, the cashew out of the shell, if it actually destroys the enzymes or not. So we really don't know. We're just taking someone's word for it like with anything else. So I eat them, I feel fine. If I ate a handful of roasted cashews, I'm going to feel it. So there's there's a difference there for me. But I've I've also seen some people on the forum who say when they eat the, the quote-unquote raw cashews from the their health food store that they... They don't. It it doesn't um, feel good to them. They their body doesn't react well to it. So you have to just kind of listen to your own body and your own intuition. So for me and, and my family, we use them. They're a main staple in our home, um, and you know a lot of other things such as the uh, steel cut oat groats. We still use those, even though they say that they're steamed. It hasn't been a problem for us. So I don't stress over those 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 little things like that. 
Um, they're not trigger foods. If they're not trigger foods that are going to cause you to go into a downward cook spiral, if they're not making you feel Crappy. poorly or <laughs> sluggish or whatever, then, you know, I say go for it if it's going to help you stay raw. And then eventually over time, if it is something that's that's really offensive to your body, your body's going to let you know. Mm-hmm. You know, one day you're going to eat those things that you used to eat and, and discover that you just can't or eat them anymore. You don't want to eat them anymore. So I say, you know, when you're first starting out especially, to go on ahead and allow those those questionable things. And then over time, you know, allow your body to tell you when to let them go. Yeah, eventually what happens is you just don't desire that anymore. Right. And... Stop, you know, the stress you're creating over this kind of thing is worse for you than eating it. Mm-hmm. And you see this constant stressing over these little minor things because people come and they, you know, what's interesting is they go from whatever food program they were before. Often it's it's a standard American diet, which is very poor. And oftentimes, too, it's a very junk food vegan diet. Mm-hmm. They say as long as it's vegan, they'll eat it. And that could right. be, you know, their whole food program could be chips and miscellaneous other not so good things. Soy meat products that Abs- have a, a, yeah. an ingredients list that's a mile long. <laughs> yeah, nothing you can read. And then they come to this, and they, so they go from one extreme, you know, they go from this to a, the total extreme. They want to be perfect and raw. Mm-hmm. Highly unlikely you're going to do that. If you do, you're not going to last. So stop stressing. Right. Enjoy the process. Play right. with your food. Just let it go. Um, another question here. Okay, since many of raw recipes in Alyssa's book call for dried fruits and nuts, it does seem quite expensive. Don't use them. (laughs) (laughs) Dried fruits, by the way, um, in my opinion, if you're going to eat a lot of dried fruits, soak them first. Mm -hmm. Because what they do is they pull the water out of your system to rehydrate inside you. So if you soak them first... Uh, I don't know which recipes we're talking about here. Almonds especially are very expensive. We're not going to get in, I don't think, unless you want to. I don't think. No, we're I really get don't want to go there. Yeah. <laughs> the almond thing, um, there is a company, and I believe they're up in Oakland, that are selling truly raw. I was going to get the address for you, but if you look on uh, rawfoodtalk.com, he's on there. I think he's Raw Vegan Man or something oh, like that. Oh, Vegan Man. Vegan yeah. Man. Look for him. Look for Vegan Man. He's got a company there, and he's selling pure raw. He will not pasteurize. Mm-hmm. And he is in California, by the way. Okay, last I noticed there are no beans included in the raw diet. Okay, beans and potatoes. Let's let's talk about beans and potatoes. Mm-hmm. Of all the foods you could possibly eat, <laughs> why pick two things that are basically inedible raw? <laughs> well... I think what it is, Ravel, for the potatoes part, a lot of us, I know myself included, before going raw, starch uh, in the form of potatoes or rice were like uh, a mainstay in the diet. Uh, They're highly addictive foods, I think. Oh, yeah. I mean, I I had that potato chip thing going on for (laughs) the longest time, and I think I finally overcome it. But, yeah, French fries, mashed potatoes, you know, potatoes, period. People just love potatoes. They love that that starch or whatever it is. I don't know what it is about the potatoes that are so 
um, inviting and so addictive. It's like a comfort food. So well, people you notice, are me... trying to find ways to eat eat them raw, but you're, it's not going to have the same effect. It's not going to taste the same as when you cook them. And the same with beans. I think beans, um, people get so concerned about the whole protein issue. So beans are one of the things that are always highly touted as being a high-protein food for a vegan. So I think that might be part of why people are always trying to get those beans in there some kind of way, you know, in their raw food diet. Well, me let me let me jump in. I'm let me, sorry. Let me jump in here. No, I, I'm cutting you off. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but but I'll, let me let me jump in real I quick. I never try to eat raw beans because number one, I know that they would not taste good at all. They would be hard <laughs> and and dry and just awful tasting. I, I've tried soaked uh, chickpeas once, and they were just terrible. And I say, you know, I don't need to. I don't need to have them. If I'm going to eat them, I would rather just go on ahead and cook them and eat them. You know, if I had to have them that badly, but I don't. You know, so I I don't eat them. But yeah, um, I don't. I don't see myself ever eating uh, raw beans. I have tried to make raw potato chips in a dehydrator, and I failed at each attempt. No matter what the technique or the little trick or tip. You know that was given. Uh, there's one I haven't tried yet that was posted on the forum, and yeah, everybody's thrilled I'm about still that reluctant. One. But okay, we'll be <laughs> I'm back in a moment. It one day and see how it turns out. We're coming back. Bye. Hi, this is Cherie, um, and I'm here to announce that I am a Living on Live Foods teacher here in the Olympia, Washington area. So if you happen to be in Washington State, you can contact me by visiting my website at www.eatlivingfood.com. We have a Level 2 training, Alyssa Cohen, Living on Live Food Level 2, on Saturday, October 13th, and Sunday, October 14th, as well as a Living on Live Food Level 1 class on October the 27th. So check out my website for times, dates, and get signed up, and let's have a good time uncooking some raw food. And what's your website again? www.eatlivingfood.com. Be sure and go there. You got you got to eat with Cherry. Cherie, Cherie, I got to get her name right. I got, I got, I got Cherry, my bookkeeper, coming over today. <laughs> but we're with Cherie today. Cherie. All right, I'm, I'm going to give my view on this. <laughs> Cherie's trying to take over the show here. No, <laughs> yes, no, you are. Yes, you are. <laughs> anyway, um, I've noticed that people normally, when they eat potatoes, they fry them so they have the fat from whatever they have fried. And they also, when they eat them baked or any other way, what do they put on them? Salt, butter, sour cream. Chives, bacon, <laughs> miscellaneous. Yeah. And so it's not so much the potato as what goes on it. That's true. Okay. So there, t- that happens. That takes care of that very rarely. I know some people do eat potatoes with nothing on it, but for the most part, they, they look for something to put on it, whether it's right. an amashoya or something. They yeah. want to give it the taste, and that's what they do with meat. Yeah, Very rarely yeah. do you eat meat without uh, putting Any. something on it. Right, yeah. that's true. Okay, as far as beans, I have had beans where I have soaked them and sprouted them, and they've been fine. But mm. they are absolutely unnecessary for the raw food program. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely unnecessary, as are potatoes, as are rice. We're talking fruits, vegetables, greens, seeds, and nuts. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when, when you had those beans that were soaked and sprouted, Revel, what was the texture consistency like? I don't remember. This was like seven or eight years ago when I first started. This is what my teacher would make hummus with. I never made a good hummus out of any of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, His food always came out good. But we used to use it for burgers. Mm. And they came out pretty good. I I, I liked them, but I prefer my burgers with nuts and seeds Mm -hmm. if I'm going to make burgers, which I rarely do. Yeah, same here. Just to bring it up for people that you do not need a dehydrator. Okay, if you want to make burgers, you like the look of the burger recipe, make the burger recipe. Mine very rarely gets into the dehydrator. Mm-hmm. I usually just wrap it up in a leaf and eat it or just put, put it on top of a salad and eat it like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't need a dehydrator for a lot of these things that are in Alyssa's book or any other book you read. That's true. I know I've made a couple of uh, nut meat type dishes and... I would have some that was undehydrated and some that was dehydrated into, like, patties or whatnot. And mm-hmm. even my children sometimes would say it tastes better, you know, undehydrated than it did dehydrated. So yeah, that's and I, true. I, I think part of that is because the um, the flavor and the flavor is still there. A lot of times when you dehydrate, you've got to use extra seasoning to mm-hmm. keep the flavors. What I found, have you found that? Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah, you got to use way too much seasoning, and and for some reason the flavor disappears when you dehydrate, or mm-hmm. somewhat. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's also no peanut butter in the raw diet. I presume this is because the nuts are roasted. Right. Um, no nuts. You can find raw peanuts, mm-hmm. but they tend to carry a uh, what is that a bacteria called aflatoxin, mm-hmm. which is poisonous. But then again. If you Google aflatoxin, you will find there are lots of vegetables that have that. I think uh, broccoli is one. Mm-hmm. I've never had a problem with it. I assume some people have. That's not me. So I don't concern myself with that either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's, I don't usually, well, uh, I don't usually eat raw peanuts. Yeah, okay. I don't think I've had any. All right. Here's a very big thank you. Hug for the radio show. That's cute. Thank you. I love when you cover how to do raw in real life, how you prep and eat for the week. This is never covered enough. Go back to uh, show one. (laughs) (laughs) How you both admitted you don't really eat sprouted grains. I don't. And your feelings about 8-20-20. Uh-huh. Your weaknesses and the abundance conversations you ladies have made more accepting and loving of myself by realizing I'm not the only one. Suggestion for topics. Your favorite recipes of the moment. Hmm. Okay. What's what's your favorite recipe of the moment? Do you have one? Um, Mine, I would say it's been ice cream. It's been um, my peach cobbler with ice cream and chocolate mousse pie. Oh, yeah. Well, that was three. That answered almost the next question, which was top five favorite recipes. Um, Favorite recipes of the moment. We just made some uh, ice cream ourselves with bananas and uh, raspberries, frozen raspberries. That was so good. And I liked the taco meat recipe. I thought Mm -hmm. that was wonderful. Yeah. I would say Alyssa's strawberry crepes are always at the top of my list. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. 
that's it off the top of my head. Usually I don't make stuff. Oh, what we've been making is I've got this knife called a cabayo something. I believe it's from uh, Vietnam. And so I started making the spring rolls. Oh, okay. Using the zucchini rather than having to use a mandolin or something that cuts my fingers. Mm-hmm. This knife just cuts the zucchini so thin. Wow. And then I just take a bunch of stuff, roll it up, and I'm good to go. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And my honey last night made me some uh, sushi with just veggies and uh, nori seaweed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, mean, I like simple. I, I, I'm not a big recipe maker. Right. I think right. the only thing I make really is, is uh, when I make it, it's dessert. Same here. I'm not too big on making a lot of food either, but I've been doing so lately, you know, ever since my children started back eating raw and and when my little brother moved here, you know, I I started making things in order to, you know, just get them to eat more and, you know, and try different things. And and I'm, I'm really impressed by how they are so they're being more much more receptive now to trying things and and actually trying them and liking them so mm-hmm. it's been a complete turnaround since when we first started going raw some years back mm-hmm. so that's you know that's that's always good there's you know a few things we just keep on hand a few staples um you know foods that I, I always make sure that I make but um as far as like a lot of entrees no we don't do a whole lot of those now, I'm mostly doing right now lots of fruit since it's available, just lots and lots of fruits. Like mm-hmm. my husband went to the uh, market last Saturday, and the fruit was gone. <laughs> <But> then, <laughs> the fruit was gone like almost the next day. And he says, I thought I bought enough for the week. No. <laughs> Sorry, honey. <laughs> okay. Uh, what beauty products bought or made you find effective? I rarely, the only thing I buy is shampoo and conditioner. I make my own uh, sugar scrubs. Hmm. And all I do with that is a white sugar. I'm also going to use some brown sugar. And a oil. What am I using? I'm using a jojoba oil. Mm-hmm. and um, some essential oils. That's it. Wow. And do you use that all over, even on your face? I use it dry before I go into the shower. I use it dry on my body, and then when I go into the shower, I'll, I'll wet my face before I use it on my face. Mm-hmm. Sugar is easier on the skin than salt. Salt's very abrasive. Mm. Um, so I tend to use sugar more than I do salt. Wow. But it's very wow. easy. If I need something to hydrate with outside of that, We've got some pure shea butter that I use. It's not the white kind. Do not get the white kind. Mm-hmm. Odorless. It's carcinogenic. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. had some explode in the kitchen. Oh, wow. It was so nasty. But wow. the white stuff that smells sort of nutty, or the yellow mm-hmm. the yellow stuff that smells sort of nutty, that is, mm-hmm. uh, and all my stuff has been tested for purity. Hmm. What do you use? Well, um... <laughs> I use, um, on my face, sometimes I like to do um, apple cider vinegar as an astringent. Um, I try not to use soap on my face. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, There's, I'm kind of, I'm drawing a blank for some reason here. (laughs) Okay. But um, I, I, sometimes I'll use like a baking soda 
Um, you know, I just try different things. I don't have any one particular regimen. I just try different things and, and to see how they work out. But I've done um, baking soda on a rag, you know, and kind of exfoliated my skin with that. And then, I'll, like I said, I'll do the apple cider vinegar as an astringent. And then I use shea butter um, as a moisturizer on my skin. Um, shampoo and conditioner, I still buy. Um, I don't necessarily always have to buy a natural brand. I, I did try to do that before, but I found that they, um, I don't know, I just didn't really see much of a result. Mm-hmm. Um, in my hair. So sometimes I'll just do a, a water rinse, uh, scrub my scalp really well with my fingertips, and then uh, do an apple cider vinegar rinse with maybe some drops of essential oil in there. Um, so like I said, just different things. You know, I don't have any one particular set in stone regimen that I use. Okay. Well, you know what? Time is just about up. Hey. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've got a few questions left here. But anyway, uh, it's been fun, Cherie. Yeah. Thank you for joining Same me and here. getting up early this morning. Thank you for having me again. Oh, you're very welcome. It was my pleasure. Okay, if you would like to advertise on or sponsor this program, please contact me at or contact us at uh, Spill Your Beans at Rockin' Radio or if you have any other questions. My engineer is Bo Astrup. I'm Revel Revity saying to remember in life and always play with your food. Bye. Bye Bye-bye now.